Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Metcalf, doing good. Um, you know, another another week closer to college basketball, the NBA being back in our lives. It feels great. Now I'm actually getting like the light at the end of the tunnel vibes, where I'm like actually excited to run towards the light. Um, it's been a it's been a slow off season. Um, including having a puppy now, but how about yourself? How are we doing? How's, uh, how's life? How was the weekend? Good. Just, you know, home stretch of wedding planning. So we got, we got 12 days left. Um, almost there. So, you know, just, just trying to grind out some of these, uh, these preseason scouting reports, uh, before that. Um, so, you know, it's always fun. Just, nice little balance of life um but i feel like people can hear the pain in our voices like (laughs) we need you guys back we need college basketball we need the g league we need the nba back but um, it's it's like it's funny because like right after the draft we were both like oh my god they got the offseason we made it we're here and then like two weeks into it it's like oh my god the offseason god please be done we're sick of you it's been (laughs) horrendous like i feel like i got back the week after summer league and i was like waking up at like five and i'd be like what am i supposed to do now <laughs> now i'm just like okay we're getting back we're almost there but uh, but it's fine we're, we're both totally living fulfilling lives and when mm-hmm. we're super happy um <laughs> super but, happy <laughs> getting happier as the weeks go by exactly um but today we we are continuing our uh 2023 kind of preseason scouting report stuff uh let Last episode was Victor Wembanyama, so if you missed that, make sure to go back and check that out. But today we are continuing with two guys that I, yeah, at least I'm really high on. I believe you are as well, in Derek Whitehead and Jarris Walker. So I, I want to start out with Derek Whitehead, who is the six seven wing um, from Montverde Academy, going to Duke. I believe on ESPN he ended up as the number two overall recruit in the uh, 2022. Uh, class. So when you were watching Dariq, what were your kind of big picture reactions? What were your takeaways? Just what, what jumped off the screen for you? Yeah, I, I think, you know, for everyone listening, we started with Victor last episode um, and, and Metcalf was kind of like, Hey, let's, let's double up and talk about a couple guys in each of these upcoming episodes each. Um, and when you brought up <laughs> these two guys, I was like, whoa, Metcalf, that is laying the hammer. Cause I'm, I'm very, very excited about both of these guys. Um, you know, I, I know we've been kind of me and you have been talking behind the scenes and we're seeing how draft Twitter and draft fans feel about kind of the consensus rankings. And I think me and you and some of the no ceiling guys have been a little bit shocked that I feel like Whitehead's needed a little bit more love. Like, I don't, yep. it's not like he's getting ranked as, you know, 18th or something. He's still usually top 10 on a lot of boards, but I'm like, what? Well, wait, wait, wait. Why is this guy not getting a little bit more attention? This, right. this dude can play. And I got deep in the film and was scouting him. And I'm really excited to talk to you about him because I, there's a lot I really, really like. Like, I, 
he's fascinating to me. This is one of those guys, I think, in a weird way, college could bring out like a better version of him, if that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm just, we haven't talked a lot behind the scenes about him specifically because I was saving it for this pod. But the more I watched Metcalf, the more I was really, really fascinated. And I'm a big fan. This is going to be one of those guys I'm watching early on because I think he could do some fun stuff, especially with that Duke team this year. I mean, what a shocker. Duke has a loaded team, but this team I, I feel like, like for Duke is a machine. Like they, they might be really special, but what about you? What were your first thoughts? What hit me with some whitehead talk? Yeah. Sign obviously um, as a junior, he was at Montford too with Jalen Duran and Nemhard and Caleb Houston and Langston love. And there were a lot of games as a junior where he stood out as one of the best guys on the floor. It was like, God, who is this kid? And you know, he's, playing really sound team defense, good on-ball defense, moving the ball, running in transition, um, hitting the occasional knockdown three. But, you know, the the shot as a junior was like, it's okay. I can kind of see it developing. And then this year, or then his senior year, he came out and it's like, holy crap, this kid could be one of the best shooters in the country. It's the the year-over-year improvements that he made with his outside shooting, with his scoring versatility, I thought it was all really, really impressive. And it was just a completely different play style where he was more of the focal point, more of more assertive in getting his own shot than his junior year where he was more of a connecting piece. Yeah, you know, it was funny because I feel like at No Ceilings, once the season ended, we all sort of took our time to catch our breath. But then, you know, we all got the itch and me and you, we started talking about guys and then the whole crew starts talking about guys and, you know, even last year, I think when those McDonald's All-American games were going on, it was like, whoa, Whitehead, his shot looks way better. And then yeah. um, that was one of the guys when I was watching those games because, you know, it, when those games are on, like I'm not trying to sound bad here, I, I'm so invested with the class that's going on right now that I'm just like, let me watch those games with an open mind. I don't want to read into everyone. I want to just see who pops on tape and write down names. And Whitehead was one of those guys I just kept being like, this dude looks like he can play. Like, this is a really impressive guy. And the shot looks nice to me. Um, there's, he's going to need, he, it looks like it's on the way to being mm-hmm. where it needs to be. Like, he still has the kind of like a crossbody load up, if you know what I'm trying to say, that gets a little bit of like a loading process. But when you slow it down and pause it, like at the top of his shot, his release, everything's compact it's there's some repetition there's some consistency i think it's just improving you can tell that he's putting in the work for it to get a lot better but um watching him on tape and that first clip you showed for everyone that's watching on youtube his lower body strength and footwork really impressed mm-hmm. me um a lot of times too coming off screens and stuff it was just like stopping on a dime and i was like whoa he his base, his feet, he just has a lot of power in his lower body. Like it was really impressive to me. So I feel like, you know, you're the mad scientist. I feel like you're going to love to talk about a lot of stuff with, with his game. Yeah. And just the, the, the improve the yearly improvements that he showed in his shot preparation and smoothing out the, his shooting mechanics where everything flows consistently and it's not mechanical or segmented where he loads up from at, jumps and then you know then the upper body goes it's all working in concert with each other it's such an important improvement that yeah i know the percentages aren't necessarily like eye-popping where it's like holy crap this dude is a sharpshooter but when you look at 
where he was last year and the year before that and where he is now. It's like, holy crap, this dude has put in a ton of work and has seen, you know, really real tangible results in how he runs off of screens and gets his feet organized in a corner or, you know, pulls up off of the pick and roll or, you know, sends a defender the other way with a jab step and then a one dribble pull up. It's like there's a lot of variety here that he never really showed before this year. And it's all because of, you know, it's just a real testament to how much work he's putting in behind the scenes. This is what you want to watch with the prospect. This is what you want to see. You want to see a guy take, even in the high school ranks, is take that leap of improvement, look like they're on the rise. And I think that's the big thing with Whitehead is you're seeing that he's put in the time, like you're saying, Metcalf, and now the confidence is starting to surge. And, you know, you've even seen some scrimmage or practice tape from Duke this year, and he just looks like a beast. He looks like he's like, hey, I'm ready to roll. Like, I'm surging with confidence. I know this is my year. And, um, I'm just really excited to to see what he can do because I think Nick Smith's getting a lot of attention, rightfully so. He can play. He's going to Arkansas. They're going to be nasty. But this is the guy I think needs a little bit more hype right now. And a lot of guys out there will be like, hey, I have Whitehead in my top five. And it's like, I, I hear you. I'm right there with you. But I think it's it's one of those weird things where you start getting like a feel for who everyone's buzzing about in the draft world or scouts and everyone and Whitehead's getting some love. I just feel like he should be getting more because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I watch him play. He's physical. He's got good size. He's like six, 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 seven, like you said, and it's just tough. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was really excited for this episode, especially with you because both of these guys we're going to talk about. Um, oof, I absolutely <laughs> love them. Yeah. And I, I, what really stood out to me with Whitehead's, shooting um was that it's not just from three where he's really developed into a legitimate three level score where obviously mm-hmm. he could hit down the threes movement off the dribble you know standstill but then he's also hitting like these really tough mid-range shots um we'll we'll get into some of my gripes with that in a bit but I mean his balance on these his ability to kind of reorganize himself mid-air the touch on the shot it's all really good it looks really effortless and it's you know, just a really unique variety that we don't typically see from high school seniors where, yeah, he's obviously knocking down threes, but he's also one of the best at getting to the rim at stopping on a dime, pulling up in the mid range, running off his screens, running off the pick and roll and punishing guys there. And that ability to be already a really versatile and deadly and effective three level scorer is so unique. His eyes light up when he's got a lane. Um, and it, it's funny because there's just guys that there's guys that attack the lane and they can do damage around the basket. There's guys that attack the lane and it's like, they don't care how many bodies you're throwing at them. They're going to get to the rim. And that's when I'm watching him. I'm like, he is relentless of being like, I'm going to get there. It just, it doesn't matter what you're, thrown at me if i have to go through a brick wall i'm gonna get to the rim i'm gonna Mm -hmm. absorb the content or contact excuse me but also one of my favorite things um to watch about him which really impressed me because you don't usually see it with a high schooler like this is he has a great next play mentality like i've watched a couple of games where he would have a, a really physical drive kind of look almost like he was trying to draw contact Mm -hmm. didn't get the call 
um, goes the other way. They get a stop. And the next play, you could just tell his mind was like, I don't care. I'm going right back at it. And then the next play, it was literally he did the same thing, finished with contact. And I was like, that's rare. Because some guys, when you're, you're that young, you'll do that. And then you'll get in your own head of like, okay, like I got to maybe pull up next time. And it, it, with him, it's just like, nope, you got me that time. I'm going to beat you the next time. And you saw that number of times. I, I really think that, and like you're saying, you could see some mature creation where it's like the mid range and he's not just trying to force the outside shot. He, he works sometimes to get a better mm-hmm. shot. And that's what I'm saying that you really can see some, some steps, some confidence growing. Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned the the physicality that he mm-hmm. plays with on offense because you you see it when he attacks the rim. He's not looking to avoid contact. He's looking to finish through you and over you, mm-hmm. and he is eager to draw fouls. And he drew a ton of them, you know, in the final ten games of his that I watched. I mean, he was getting to the line five, six, seven, eight times a game. It's like God, like if you're able to continue that and tra- you know have that translate to the next level that that's a real skill that allows you to just get some easy points get in a rhythm and we we've seen it at in college and the NBA where guys who can do that quickly find themselves averaging 15 20 plus points a game because they're just getting a bunch of freebies yeah it's and it's rare too for guys that size to be like you know it's funny because we, we'll see players like that and it's like yeah you should get to the line but not a lot of players or prospects or young guys want to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it, you have to have the desire to be like, I'm going to create some real estate at the free throw line. And you see that with him. Like he, like I said, he will go to the rim. And if he doesn't get the call, he's like, I'm going to try it again. Like I'm going to keep trying to get to where I have success. And um, I think that's just also like the understanding with this game. Cause he plays smooth. He plays quick. He can, attack you and pick you apart um i think some people and i was excited to talk to you about this he's he's really interesting to me because i think people will think he's just kind of lazy and like coasting and Mm -hmm. stuff but he just he can be steps ahead of you and then he could all of a sudden just turn it on and just be like boom boom, i'm gone and that's what i i was really fascinated especially watching him i know we'll talk about him as a defender but like sometimes he's just moving slowly around in his rotations but it's almost like he knows where the next rotation is he's early with it so it's it's just just shows like some really nice vision and anticipation um i'm I'm giddy about it metcalf now you got me all pumped up i'm now i'm trying to move him up already and i don't even have a big board (laughs) so before we move on to the defense yeah the 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 offense isn't perfect there there are some some gripes and questions that i uh unexpected that unexpected unexpectedly there's the word yeah, um, arose for me uh as i was watching it and the biggest one for me was shot selection mm-hmm. and i never really know how to kind of judge this with high schoolers because you know it's just a different game but it did feel like he settled for a lot of really tough really contested jumpers and i i just always thought he looked much better when he was decisive and um, you know, very, in, um, where, where he's just very deliberate about getting to the rim. Hundred percent with you. I, I think that's the tough part about high school. Sometimes is you can get a little. Those high school guys, it's like, okay, hey, their team's playing good, but they haven't really got it going for a long stretch. So they might all of a sudden just kind of force a shot up to be like, hey, I haven't shot in a while. 
And it's like, those young guys need to understand also, it's like, Hey, you don't have to on those type of teams with that much firepower. It's like, you don't have to be scoring every, or, you know, taking a shot every other possession or stuff like that. And when he's patient and allows it to develop and gets a good look, absolutely. He can do some dangerous stuff, but there is also like settling. Like, and I know I said earlier, like he can work to get his shots, but I think that's also the the part of being kind of a, a wing or a young guard that's on the rise is you have to find that balance of, you know, I don't have to be scoring 15 in the first half, you know, like I, mm-hmm. my time's going to come throughout the game, but um, definitely the shot selection. And I think it's a common theme with right. some of those young guards in high school, you know, they they get the hero ball quick and it's like easy, easy guys. Let's relax a little bit and let's work to get to the line. But I think that balance will come, especially playing like a Duke um, going from a team that's stacked to another team that's going to be stacked. I think there'll definitely be a little bit more balance of like, you don't have to be the guy all the time to drop 25, 30. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree with you that I'm not super concerned about it because yeah. saw him as a junior, we didn't see those shots, you know, in, in his arsenal where he's, you know, taking these really tough contested shots where it's like, what? come on, man, like really that, like move the ball, like, get a better shot you don't need to settle for that and you know this year he was obviously the alpha on that team where he's you know the top guy so i i'm kind of hoping that it was just kind of a symptom of hey i'm i'm i have i'm the elder statesman here i've earned the this chance to just kind of go out and dominate as a volume scorer so i'm gonna take it because right. we see we've seen him play both roles and he's always been surrounded by a ton of talent and he's gonna be like that at duke too so I, I'm really excited to see kind of how he blends into that offense and how he adjusts his game. And if we see more of the kind of connector guy who's picking his spots with, you know, these improved scoring abilities, or if we kind of see him come out and start chucking a little more like he did in his senior year. Yeah, it's it's one of those things I'm always fascinated about and why I'm always like, not nervous, but I'm always skeptical about the high school film is like, now that you're the guy, are you just chucking up shots because you think you need to be putting up shots or um, can you still be patient? And, and, you know, because these are high school guys, like some of them may make their decisions by their junior year and where they're going to go to college. But some also might be like, Hey, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm playing. And um, it's just funny because I think that senior year when you're all of a sudden, you're the talent, you're the buzz, you're getting all the hype around the the basketball world. You might be like, man, I got to, you know, I got to produce. I can't be putting up. It's like, don't, don't worry about that. But um, I'm really like, I really, really am fascinated to see what he can do at Duke because they got a lot of versatility on that roster. some really nice pieces. And um, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he could put up some big numbers and, have some skill. Like what do you, Metcalf, do you, do you leave watching his game thinking he's an off ball guy? Or do you think there's some, some on ball stuff that he could be like this jumbo, you know, lead guard or do you, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be a point guard at the next level, but no. I also saw some playmaking flashes that I wanted to talk to you about. Cause I was like, Whoa, he makes some plays that I was like, all right. You, you were seeing that. That was a chess play. Yeah, um, I I definitely think there's more passing in there to be unlocked, but I worry about the handle. And it felt really mediocre where 
like his first like two to three dribbles, like if he does a jab step crossover, two dribble pull up, it looks really good. You know, that first step with the burst on straight line drives looks really good when he's kind of having to break guys down. I don't think he can really do that a lot. And he just kind of loses the ball or gets his pocket picked a lot. It, it reminded me a, a lot of kind of Jalen Brown where, yeah. um, you know, he's yes, that he can dribble. He can kind of get into, you know, some really nice shots in a condensed space, but he's not going to regular regularly break down a guy like in isolation or, you know, really be this big time creator. Seems like that's the next area he's got to, you yeah. know, take that leap with his skill set. Like you, you see the shots coming along. Now you got to tighten up that handle, um, especially if you're potentially going to be like this guy that can be thrown in, you know, pick and roll sets or as a as a playmaker. Because there's flashes where, like I was saying before, you really could see like the ball will come to him, and before he's even got full grasp of it he's already seeing where he's going mm-hmm. and it's like, boom, boom. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. Like that's great read. And it's not always by design. It's just by seeing the floor and anticipating and reading the defense. So I was like, okay, there's flashes there. Like you just said, there's definitely more there to unlock, mm-hmm. but it kind of at the next level, you got to tie those together. Like you got to be able to handle the rock and, and create your own passing angles and stuff like that. So um, just the guy that I'm, like I know I've said I'm excited, but like I think those are these are the fun ones because you think they're on the rise still. And a lot of these guys are, but this is really like one that's taking a couple next steps. And it's funny watching his games. I almost at times I was like, is he is he just like in cruise control? Like he just is like, okay, I need a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. And I think people could see that in a negative way, but I think he's just like he wants things to be turned up a couple notches. And that's why it's gonna be fun. Like that's gonna happen at the next level. Right. And I, I think that's also kind of a symptom of what you were talking about earlier, where, you know, when these guys sign and he's been yeah. signed at Duke since his junior year. And right, he's right. like, he, he knows that he's going to a premier basketball program and he's known that for 18 months now. Whereas some of these other guys are like, I'm still kind of deciding or waiting for an offer from these two schools and I got to show out here. So I, I do think that that could play into some of his coasting and stuff like that because I'm the, the, the very first note that I had written down after uh, his junior year tape um, was incredibly high basketball IQ. And we saw that in his junior year before he signed where he's making these consistent rotations and playing awesome team defense and moving the ball and running in transition and cutting and doing all those little things that you, you know, see from role players. And then this year, I think we saw less of that, but a huge jump in, you know, the superstar traits of the shooting, the shot creation, the on-ball, you know, defensive versatility and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm i hoping we get a, a smoother blend of the two once he's in that, you know, higher stakes environment. But I, I think it's a really kind of interesting juxtaposition between the two years. For sure. I, I'm right there with you because it, it was funny. I feel like, and I don't, I know we're going to talk about his defense, but um there was a couple times on defense where I, he was like rotating, but like kind of just like, like just yep. slowly doing it, but he was still like rotating before the drives even happened. Like rotate one, like the next one. Like I was like, so he knows exactly where he's supposed to be yeah. before the drives are happening. It was just funny, but I was like, this, this is going to sound like an insult. It's not, he looked bored. Yep. So he was just like kind of cruising, but I think it was just kind of like, he's like, he needs the things to get a little bit more challenging, but 
also, like you said, when, when you're a guy that's like, Hey, I'm going to Duke when you're a junior, like I'm going to Duke, you're, you're probably also like, okay, I don't need to be going 110% at my senior year with five games left before I'm going to be a Duke blue devil as a freshman, you know, stuff like that. But so that's why I'm always cautious with watching film, but um, what else you got for me? What else stood out to you? Um, yeah. So let, let's pivot to the defense. Uh, do you want to yes. start with on or off ball? I'll st- um, let's start with on. Cause okay. I'm, I'm a, little, I'm a little intrigued to hear what you say. I kind of love his on ball defense. I'm I, a very <laughs> big fan of his on ball defense. I think he has incredible footwork. Uh, he's always on balance, really quick hips when changing directions, uh, can guard multiple positions, quick hands, isn't afraid of physicality. Like when guys try to turn the corner on him, he's going to put his chest into him and bump him off that line, um, which, again, not something we typically see from a lot of these players where they have that sound footwork and they're getting into guys and bumping them off their spots and saying, no, this is my spot. Like you're, you're, you're not just turning the corner on me. So overall, I thought his defense was or specifically his on-ball defense was really, really impressive. Yeah, I said, you know, I even wrote in my notes, uh, it looks like his defense ability could be a sweetener for his potential. And yeah. I said, he's he tools to be a menace as a defender. Like, I just in love. Like, I watched his offense. I was like, yeah, I'm very excited. And then I saw him defensively. I was like, oh, boy. Like, there is a serious um, weapon here. I, I mean – he has the good feet, the good timing. I, I think he's got that nastiness. You know, everyone on Twitter, he's got that dog in him. He looks like he's <laughs> just, he looks like he wants to beat you on both sides of the yeah. ball. And I think that's that mentality about being physical, you know, where it's going to the basket and then right on the defensive side, that doesn't switch. He's just like taking on the challenge each time. So um, I, I really thought he has some special tools to be kind of a, a prick as a defender. <laughs> like he, I, he, it's like you said, he, there's just times where he's just like, you're not going by me. Like, yeah. It's not going to happen. And, and I think that's the flashes you see in high school where it's like going to the next level. These guys are going to know like, okay, I got to turn it up and be a little bit more consistent. This isn't high school. You, you get a rude awakening quickly when you're making that jump, even in the practice is up. You're going to tell, he's going to tell at Duke when those scrimmages like, Oh, okay. A lot yeah. of these guys can play. And um, I just left. I was like, okay, yes. I'm a very big fan of the two way potential here. Yeah. Like it, it wouldn't shock me if he's on like ACC all defense mm-hmm. next year as a freshman. Um, I, I really think that it could be one of his big calling cards as a prospect and what elevates him to top five for a lot of people. Cause the offense is there. I think, I think the shooting long-term I buy a thousand percent, but if he can keep being that consistent defender, um, especially on ball, um, which I thought, I thought his on ball stuff was way more consistent and way more effective um, than his off ball, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, But if he can keep showing that combination of the shooting, the scoring and that tenacious on ball defense, it's, really exciting because it's not a symptom of, Oh, I'm just a better athlete than everyone out there. They're playing sunrise Christian and IMG. And like, they're basically playing other top 10 recruits on a nightly basis. And it's all fundamental with him. It's the incredible footwork, incredible balance. And then just that mindset of this is my space. I don't care if you come into it, you're not moving me. So I, I, I just, 
it it was such an impressive display of defense that isn't solely dependent on superior athleticism, which is a lot of what we see with high school guys, where it's like, this guy's a good defender, but is he? Because he's just a freak athlete compared to who he's playing. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like I, people probably rolled their eyes when I was like, do you think he'd be a point guard? I'm just talking about like, can he run the offense? But like Duke, their website has him listed as a small forward. Um, yeah. He's listed at 6'6", 190. I think he's, you, you know, see anywhere from 190 to 200. But rumors are he's got a plus three wingspan. Um, so he's going to be a stocky SOB. He's going yeah. to be a tough dude to deal with. And um, just having him on the perimeter, I, I mean, there really is tools. Like, I was like, this looks like a guy that could potentially flirt with being a drafted because of his defensive ability on top of it like yeah. being like this is a two-way upside kind of monster um because i just love the mentality he plays with i think he's really really physical um what do you think about his off ball i kind of hated it um, interesting just I, the effort or yeah it it looked like he was bored it looked like mm-hmm. he just was uninterested um and it's weird because i remember you know, last year watching him as a junior is like, Oh God, like some of his off ball defense is really impressive. Like he knows where to be. He knows where the ball is going. And this year it was just like a lot. He's just like two steps behind on everything where he's just yes. kind of going through the motions, just watching the ball, then realizing his guys relocated or is running off a screen. And it's like, ah, oh, shit, I have to recover. I'm out of position. Yes. And it, it kind of felt like senior writers just going through the motions. 100% like it's funny because you showed a couple like Grady Dick threes um, against him and I I kept seeing Whitehead and I was like he looks like a guy that's just coasted and then realizes yeah. like oh crap <laughs> he's gonna be wide open and then like he's always one step late on every closeout and I'm like you know what to do you're just mm-hmm. coasting and because um, he, he's funny because he, and you see him in transition a couple times and he's got some blocks that you yeah. know are, are like the the statement blocks of like, yeah, I'm the best guy out here. Don't, don't try it. Like it's one of those just, he had some ridiculous block. I swear his body was going the other way and he like blocked it away from his body on the other side. I was just like, okay, that was a free block. <laughs> but like he has those tools when he's engaged. And um, I, I'm like you, I think the senioritis like really can be a, a scary weapon when you're trying to watch high school film. Cause you're like, Okay, he looks like he's just cruising and trying to take it easy defensively. And then all of a sudden, a guy's running him off three screens and he's like, oh, crap, (laughs) I'm I'm screwed. But um, yeah, I mean, it it was the one buzzkill, but I was also like, am I? The problem is is he he was there a lot. Like there was a lot of jumpers that guys were hitting where I was like, he's there. He's just a Mm -hmm. step late. And I don't know if it's just because of the inconsistent effort or he's just in cruise control. was there anything else that kind of worried you or you just think we could be laughing about this a month into the season after watching a couple of his games? I, that, that's kind of what I'm hoping for mm-hmm. because, you know, when, when guys take a big step up in scoring volume and offensive responsibility, I, you know, this is just anecdotal, but it, it feels like off ball defense is kind of usually the first thing that kind of, goes because they're not as eager to be chasing guys off screens and you know they're trying to find different ways to save their legs or whatever and that's just kind of what it felt like um for me because and he's there's plenty of tape of him being a really good off-ball defender so it's like okay I know you can do this you're just 
basically choosing not to, and you're just zoning out. You're just going through the motions on, you know, in this section of your game, because, you know, when he was on ball, he was locked in, he's moving his feet, he's working, um, you know, he's rarely getting burned. And then on offense, he's working and running off screens and taking tough jumpers. So it kind of felt like just on his list of priorities, that was at the bottom of the list and in a different environment at Duke where, you know, obviously Duke hasn't produced the best defenders recently, but I, I think the expectation is going to be back for him to be like, no, like you got to do this stuff. Like this is a big part of the game and you can't just go through the motions here. So I was a little disappointed by it, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm not like, oh shit, like this is a problem. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny too, because you correct me if I'm wrong. I think Monverde had like one of the stronger defensive squads. Like they had Dylan Mm -hmm. Mitchell, they had a bunch of guys that were really just getting after it. And I think, especially when you have that on the high school level and you're a senior and I know we're, we're using that as like his cop out, but it's not what I'm trying to say is just, I think that's also, you can rely on that of like, Hey, if I get beat, my teammates are, uh, we're a really strong defensive team. I can lean on them. But um, I think you can't, you can't do that at at college, at college. You got to be turning it up no matter how good you're, I don't care if Duke's the number two defensive team in the country, you got to be bringing it all the time Mm -hmm. um, because it's only going to get tougher each level you're going up. So it, it it's interesting. I, I think I'm like you. I hope, you know, the first month of the season, we're just laughing and being like, okay, he's absolute terror <laughs> yeah. on defense. Like he's just a maniac. But um, yeah, I, 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 I think that was my one, that and the shot selection, like we talked before, I think those were my two big, like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm a little uncertain, but I really liked everything else. I don't know if you got anything else that you wanted to bring up. No, I like, I, I think those too worried me but i'm not like i don't think they're detrimental my my bigger concern is the handle and what mm-hmm. and like that that's the thing that he really needs to show improvement on and you know he's shown yearly improvement on the shot i expect that to just kind of get better as he ages um because just the improvements we've seen in the last 18 months have been tremendous um so you know you you can tell the work ethics there i think the other two are just effort and situation based that I'm hopeful uh, kind of iron themselves out. But the, the, the mediocre handle is like my only real concern from like a, a skill standpoint. Yeah. And, and you're hoping that that's a skill set that, you know, a full off season could really take some serious leaps yeah. um, at least to hold up on the college level, you know, like, Jalen Brown, we brought up earlier, like it took him a couple of years, even in the NBA before all of a sudden it was like respectable. And we saw um, in the playoffs last year, it was a problem during some of the series, but still you're just, you, it's baby steps with this stuff. Like this is one of his areas we want to see improve because I hate using weaknesses. It's just yeah. like improvement areas. And if you right. can improve that area, it's going to make him a better overall prospect. But I think everything else is very, very exciting and intriguing and, um, yeah, man, I, I, gosh, I need it. Can we please just speed up the calendars a couple like <laughs> months for the season to get here? I'm too pumped up. Okay. So, and, and any other big picture whitehead thoughts, or do you want to pivot into uh Jairus Walker? I mean, I, I, I can barely, 
hold the uh, Jairus Walker excitement. So yeah, I, I, I love Whitehead. I'm very excited. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm extremely excited to watch Duke basketball this year. Yeah, it, it feels kind of gross, but it feels weird. A new era, a new era of evaluation. <laughs> All right, so so Jairus Walker, um, six eight, two hundred thirty five pound forward from IMG Academy, going to Houston. Where do you want to start with him? I, anywhere your heart desires, Metcalf, because I'm just in love. Um, in a non weird way, I, just as a prospect, as a prospect. No, I I, I agree with you. I, I have some irrational feelings towards towards him as a player. And I, I think the best place to start is probably with what he can do with the ball and at his size, his ball handling and driving um, ability to get to the rim and finish in a bunch of different ways at the rim. It is special. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I watched him. I swear. Maybe it was the McDonald's all American game or something, but yeah. I watched him and I was like, who's this dude? This dude's jumping out nonstop every time I'm yep. seeing him on the court. And then, um, to get ready for this pod, I was like, so excited to dive back into that. Cause I think we've talked about this on the future, uh, older podcasts. I think I all of a sudden saw watching that game that he was going to Houston. I was like, Ooh, yeah. what? I like that match. And then I just started watching this film, and my goodness, this dude, I'm telling you, like, people can give me some crap with this, but we're all talking about Victor and Scoot. There's some guys that we need to start talking about climbing up towards this, and it's, you know, Cam Whitmore, we're, we're going to talk about it on a podcast. I think Walker's going to be in that kind of area or conversation because there is a lot he can do that is – pretty freaky and special and awesome now every prospect has their you know improvement areas like we're saying but if he things click and he has a big year like it would not shock me if nba front offices and stuff are falling in love with him he is special i mean i don't make up I, I absolutely love him i think he's closer to climbing up towards top seven top five than people might realize and yeah there's my hot take you asked for a hot take last episode. I gave you one this episode. There you go. No, sign. I it, he just kind of feels like this next like evolutionary step in the point forward. Um, he obviously, I'm, you know, obviously LeBron's the idyllic version of that that no one will ever touch. But you know, we're seeing teams constantly search for that Draymond Green and now the Scotty Barnes, and mm-hmm. it's like he kind of. I know those are big names; those are big expectations, and I'm not saying he's going to be those guys but he plays a lot like them. Like yes. I, I texted you is like, if, if you're giving Scotty Barnes like an A grade, I think Jairus Walker's like a B plus or a minus. Like, I, I think he's kind of right there with his, um, you know, ability to get to the rim, his ball handling. I, he's, he was hitting guys with like in and out stutter step moves and then finishing with an inside hand around the shot blockers. Like what the fuck is that dude? You're <laughs> built like an like a defensive end like you shouldn't be doing this stuff and then you know he's also shown some really impressive passing flashes where oh, yeah gosh. he can grab and go in transition but then he's also grabbing a rebound and tossing it full court to a guy in stride and like he ran point for a lot for img and i don't think that that's really going to change too much 
Offensively, it was funny because you you sent me that text about like the Scotty, and when I started watching his film, I was like, "Hey, this is going to give everyone the Scotty Barnes vibes." And then I was like, I was watching him offensively, and this is not an insult when I say this. I was like, he plays like Draymond on offense, and yeah. I'm not saying just shooting. I'm saying the vision, the playmaking, the feel. Like he is a point guard. Like, but he is just a he's so good at reading the floor and seeing where the holes are and like he he got a couple defensive rebounds and he was making a decision and pass up the court in like a split second yeah and it was not like we just showed one of them for everyone just listening it was not like a just a quick outlet it was like full court on the money like just beautiful stuff and i was just like my goodness the the vision the anticipation He's so good at like guys collapse on him. He knows exactly where the ball is supposed to go. He's mm-hmm. reading dump offs. He's hitting guys for back doors. Um, and and we're gonna talk plenty about like his shot and stuff. But there's just so much in his game offensively. Yeah. That I was like, this is exactly what you said, Metcalf. This is the position of desire. Now you, every NBA team is looking for this. Every team wants this. You want the versatile forward that can start a break. Can all of a sudden, you know, that's why Draymond's so damn important to the Warriors. We saw how they struggled when he was hurt last year because Draymond can get the ball, run up the floor, take care of it, and have Steph and Clay running on the wings. And it's like, yeah, they become a little bit more dangerous when they have a guy who can hit them on the money for passes. But we saw Scotty Barnes just have a brilliant rookie year. I think he's going to explode. And this is that exact type of guy that is fitting that mold of like he can do a lot offensively for you or he can do a lot defensively and i'm just i really think this is one of those you know every team every year is getting drunk with trying to find these guys i think patrick williams had that same kind of middle ground where they were like hey this might be that and it's like okay well the verdict's still out but um no walker every time i'm watching like gosh this dude is great this is a bunch of fun like that's the tape you turn on you don't want to turn it off Right, and then then you just add in his offensive rebounding and how much of a menace he is there, and then pair that with how tenacious Houston is crashing the offensive glass and how physical they play offensively. It's like, this is a match made in heaven. Like I just think he's going to thrive there. Um, Before we get into the shooting, uh, my only kind of gripe with his offense is that he doesn't have a left hand. Um, Yep. All of those, like he finishes at some with some crazy angles with his right. Um, but I think I saw in ten games. I think I saw one left-handed layup, and is like, this is you got to figure that out, and you're going to be a little easier to guard if you don't. Um, and if he doesn't, I'm intrigued to see how how effectively all of that translates to the next level. Um, I think it still will to some extent, obviously, but. It, it, it's a skill or a trait that he has to at least figure out to some extent. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is where Intel's a lot. And, and we've mm-hmm. always talked about this. This is where Intel and finding out what type of kid, you know, he is, is going to be everything because we're talking about him not even playing a game in, in college. And we're saying like, Hey, look at all the tools he has. Look at all this talent he has. And we're highlighting some areas and we're going to talk about more, but that he needs to improve on to really make some noise. 
And it's like those those things can be worked on. Like Scotty Barnes was coming out of the draft and everyone was horrified about his shot. And mm-hmm. look at what the improvements he made in that couple of months to his rookie year. It was eye-opening. Like I absolutely loved him. I didn't see that coming. Um, so there's going to be plenty of time for Walker to kind of prove that he can, you know, hide some of those blemishes if you want to put it that way. But those are areas where I'm like, okay, I can tell now, like if it's not still glaring this whole year for college, like you're going the right direction, but I'm like you, um, you gotta be able to, especially if he can finish with both hands, that makes him so much more unique. All right. Uh, we, we got to talk about the shot. Yeah. So what were your kind of expectations going into it? So did me and you do the episode with Maxwell when yep. Maxwell went? Yeah. So Maxwell ruined our hearts because he was like, it's terrible. Um, and I think I even saw like a clip that Maxwell was talking about. It looks... I understand why people are going to be scared of it. I understand why it needs help. It just looks like something that is going to need repetition. It's going to need a lot of work. It's going to need a lot of hours in the gym. Like, you know, like I I don't mean to keep bringing him up, but like Scotty Barnes of Florida State, I watched some of those shots during those games. I was like, oh gosh. And then (laughs) seeing what he's done from then to his rookie year, I was like, okay, if he can do it, anyone can do it. But there's some Metcalf that look kind of like promising i think he's got that annoying tilt back yep. um and i'm not a shot doctor we have to put that yep. statement we're, out we're there every time this entire conversation with that yeah we have to say it every time but um even whitehead whitehead had on some of his shots they have that that tendency to all of a sudden like automatically lean back automatically mm-hmm. fade his just looks a little robotic um hopefully it could turn around because it's the it's the one area like, uh, you know, no offense, Draymond. I'm, that's why I say he plays like Draymond on offense. Like, But yeah. sometimes it looks smooth when there's, like, some movement. And then other times when it's set, it's just a little, like, herky-jerky and a little ugly. But, you know, it's one of those every time he's about to shoot, you just kind of close your eyes and wait for <laughs> to hear if the announcer's like, it was good, you know. But um, what did you think? So I went, went into it expecting him to be a complete non-shooter and came out actually you really encouraged for long-term um, some of those shots in there that, you know, I think he made some really tough shots and like mid range yeah. fadeaways and trail threes. And it's like, okay, like there's something here. I think he has really good touch on a shot. Um, like you said, he leans really far back in it. Um, his arc on it was really inconsistent where sometimes it'd be, you know, perfect. Other times it'd be a complete moon ball. Um, and then it, it seemed like the ball like sat in his palm a lot. Yeah. Um, and when it did that, you could almost just tell immediately upon release. And it's like, oh, no, that's going to be an ugly miss. And it usually was. So I, I there are definitely some mechanical things that he has to fix. But I don't think he's going to be a non-shooter. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be Kevin Love from three, but I also don't think it's going to be something where it's like, Oh no, we can just completely ignore him outside of 10 feet. Yeah. There, there was times where you could see everything was smooth and you're like, okay, that's where he's trying to get to. And then you could see sometimes where you're like, well, it might be the old habits or the bad mm-hmm. habits. If you want to put it that way, I definitely think it's, it's on the, the right track. It's just, 
I, I agree with you. I, I don't think he's going to be like, uh, you know, we're leaving him open like Ben Simmons or Rondo on the perimeter. Right. I think it's going to get to a point where he's going to be like, okay, just make him be able to respect you from out there. And that's enough. But um, he did make some really tough shots. And you're just like, that looked good because I think it was right. just confident and it wasn't him thinking about it. And you can probably get to more of that area with just repetition with just, you know, he's at Houston, he's practicing and he's just constantly shooting all day. And, and that's where it's going to come in with the work ethic. And it's like, okay, does he want that to be fixed in a hurry? But the way he plays and the school he's going to, like you said before, dream. Like that's when yeah. I, I found out he was going to Houston. I was like, Oh my goodness. That is the perfect school for this type of player to be going to. So, um, what else hit me? What else would you want? Let's talk about defense. Yeah, let's do it. I loved it. I loved it. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Absolutely I, he, loved it. He was switching everything. I thought he was an awesome defensive playmaker. Um, I thought he was solid, kind of weak side shot blocker. His hands, I thought, were <sighs> incredibly quick. I like he him. picked guys' pockets all the time. Um, he was picking up guys' point of attack. He was guarding one through five. He's physical good footwork, um, you know, good lateral agility. My only gripe was that he seemed a little uncomfortable playing like drop pick and roll coverage and like his defensive rebounding kind of struggled a little bit, like the one or two games where he actually played someone bigger than him. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that kind of translates and if he's actually going to be able to play as a true kind of small ball five, but as in terms of switchability and fundamentals, I have almost zero complaints. Yeah, I mean, I, I that last play you posted is so funny because that was one of the high, ones I like highlighted to clip later. Um, he just did a lot of stuff that I was like, this has the makings of a really special defender um, because he's so active. He's his he doesn't let his feet fall asleep, and, mm-hmm. and it's like he's really active. He keeps him on his toes. He stays active. Um, and I think that's important when you're a young, young player is you can get a tendency to just like plant your feet and they become cement blocks. And then all of a sudden, all someone has to do is just pick you apart. He was really active with his hands. He attacks like a Cobra when he wants to get somewhere. Like you, you show that, um, that pick and roll. And all of a sudden he just like read it like a book and he's off to the races. Um, I, I am going to be interested to see what his position is at Houston Um, because I know like he was playing big a lot, but he's kind of undersized for a a next level big. I I wonder if he's just going to be like this point forward, this power forward you're putting in your lineup to kind of just be a versatile asset. But um, I'm like you, I think he has the, the mentality and the tenacity to kind of be a, a problem on the boards, yeah. but I think he's going to have to prove that with some bigger guys um, before I get comfortable with it. Would you say that's right? Or cause yeah. I, he had some rebounding possessions for us. Like he is a monster. I love this, but it's got to be more consistent. Yeah. And I, I, I think he's an awesome rebounder on both mm-hmm. ends of the floor, but you know, if he's the, the, the center out there and the, the like one, one or two games that he went against like an actual seven footer or close to seven footer, he struggled a little bit. Like he wasn't a liability necessarily. Cause he, you know, he still boxed out, got his, you know, 10 to 12 rebounds, but they got more offensive rebounds than 
you know, they gave up any other game. So it's like, okay, I, I don't know how feasible this is as like your permanent position being a center. And I, I, I think that's okay too, because, you know, thinking way down the road, like NBA, if you pair him with a more, you know, offensive stretch big, I I think that's a perfect pairing because then he has that physicality and, you know, weak side rim protection. Um, and then the other guy can handle the seven footer when boxing out and rebounding, and he doesn't have to get regular, regularly exposed there. So I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue with Houston because, you know, they, they don't traditionally have these massive lumbering seven foot centers or anything. And they typically play, a little smaller down low, but they're really physical. They're in your face. They're versatile. They're confident. They're strong. And he's going to fit right into that. So there may be an occasional matchup in college where he struggles a little bit with that, but I don't think it's going to be like a real issue until the NBA. And I, I just don't see him necessarily playing as like an actual five for extended stretches, um, except when, you know, the, if they decide to go small. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I, I still feel like he's going to be like that power forward where now it's in the NBA. It's almost not even becoming like a, it's almost becoming just like, that's your, your utility spot. If you mm-hmm. have that, that weapon, like at Scotty Barnes or stuff where it's like, they're just going to play everything, but they're, you pardon them. That's the four, if you want to put it that way. But like he's, uh, he's listed around six, eight, six, nine. He's reportedly got a seven, two wingspan. Um, it's funny. And, people are going to probably like turn off the podcast after they hear this, but whatever, you know, we got you long enough. I watched him and I'm not saying his shooting, like throw the shooting out, but I'm saying I watched him on film and his playing style and how his mindset is. I was like, he gives me like Michael Bridges vibes, just kind mm-hmm. of with like his demeanor on the court and like how he can kind of impact both sides. Um, because he's really smart at like, okay, there's my lane. I can get it. There's also the passing yeah. vision. Like, my teammates open when we pass up a shot for a better shot, like that, that old Villanova stuff. But um, I'm really excited to watch him go to Houston. I think that's like my favorite thing. I, I don't know if I've been more excited to watch Houston yeah. games like all year or ever as an evaluator, but um, man, that team's going to be fun. <laughs> um, yeah. You got anything else on him? I mean, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I just, I'm kind of all in and have him in my top five right now. Um, proud of you. I'm really I proud just, of you. I, 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 the only weakness that I see is the left hand. And again, when I say weakness, I think it's fine labeling things as weaknesses. I'm not saying it's a detrimental oh, yeah, to his game. Yeah. I, I, it's just an area to improve on, whatever. I know some people can get sensitive over labeling things as weaknesses. But um, that's it. Like I, I know the shot is would probably technically fall into that category right now. Um, but I don't long-term, I don't think he's going to be a bad shooter. I don't think he's going to be a good shooter necessarily, but two and a half threes a game, just attempts, that's going to open up a world of possibilities for him because what he can do off the bounce is so fucking special. This is, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. It's almost becoming a point with these type of guys that if you're this versatile in this many areas and you have this skill set and you're that size, if your shooting's okay, you're going to be, they're going to be in love with you. Like, I'm not saying like, that's what I'm saying is, you know, when I was like, Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I was like, I'm not saying like, Oh, if you can't shoot, you're going to be a top 10 pick. Like I think he does everything so special in other areas 
that if his shooting's just average and like we're saying, like he can make the defense respected from outside. I think he offers so much versatility that with the NBA game is right now, how these front offices are searching for these type of players. He's going to be just skyrocketing if he has a good year, but um saying that is one thing delivering on it in the mm-hmm. entire freshman year is another yes. thing. So, and as much as I love him right now, he wouldn't shock me if it's like he has a solid year and maybe goes back for another year, but I think there's too much talent to say yeah. right now, you know, on uh, August 29th, I think there's too much talent to be like, Oh, he's going to go back and be a, you know, be a sophomore. I think he's, right now I'd be like, Oh my gosh, he looks like a top 10 pick, but you got to ask us in five months. We'll see where we're at. Yeah. So I, I think that's a good place to wrap up on Derek uh, Whitehead and Juris Walker. Um, I forgot to do this last week, but mm-hmm. it is time to reopen America's most exclusive club, the No Ceilings oh, Green Room. Amazing. So for new listeners, this is um, our, you know, not necessarily our top 14 players, but our blend of favorite and best top four or 14 players in this next upcoming draft. And what factors in is skill, potential, pedigree, vibes, all of it. So it's a mixture of things. It's not necessarily one through 14 on our boards, but there are only 14 spots and players will come and go throughout the season. And we will update accordingly. Also, just because we're talking about guys leading up to the season, doesn't mean they're necessarily going to get in. So since I forgot to do this last week, Victor Wembanyama, in or out? He's in. Um, yeah, he's in. I'm watching Victor closely, though. But he's in. Yeah, he's a pretty easy in. What about you? Yeah, I, I think right now he's he's posted up on one of the, the top floors with his own booth, and he's he's got his whole crew in there. Um, I, I think he's pretty firmly entrenched right now. Yeah, I feel bad for anyone that's just listening to the green room talk because it's it, we got really funny and out there with uh, the first episode about the last draft class because it was basically like talking about a club environment. Imagine you're mm-hmm. at a club, so we're we're imagining if if a bouncer is letting them in to the green room. So yeah, I think Victor's in for sure right now. We'll see where he's at in the middle of the season. I'm hoping he plays a lot and he's healthy all year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Derek, in or out. Dariq's going to be in for me pretty pretty easily until I get to a point in the year where I'm nervous. But I don't think I'm going to get nervous. I think he's going to be a fun player to watch all year. Agreed. You? Yeah. No, yeah. I, he, he, he's firmly in. Um, Jairus Walker. I mean, Jairus, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I absolutely love him as a prospect. I have very, very exciting evaluation feelings for Jairus Walker just because this is he's got all the foundational tools to be really really fun so um pretty easy in for me what about you um so coming into the pod I had him in yellow where like he was waiting like where he was waiting at coat check you know he's waiting at valet uh to to drop off his ride um you know just a couple buddies in but after talking through it all I I think he's he's in I like I I he's gotta be I think he's he's got a a booth he's he's getting comfy you know he, he he's getting first class service so I, I i think all three of these guys are in right now yeah i mean i jaris is funny because i feel like a lot of people are gonna be like what i don't know but i i 
I easily feel like he should be in because I think he's just got the biggest we're going to talk about a lot of these guys coming up in the next couple of weeks, but I feel like mm-hmm. he's just got the biggest swing. Like if he starts clicking this year, it's going to be just absolute rising. But I've seen some, some, some mocks out there of him going like almost near twenties. And I'm like, Whoa, I'm going to remember this one. Like, wow. I don't know. I, I just really think that's the guy that, you know, we, we've had a couple guys in no ceiling be like, man, Jairus Walker is nice. And I'm like, yeah, I, I really do think that's the the guy to watch. I think he could skyrocket. So he's in for now. I'm proud that you had him at yellow and you're willing to say, okay, he's in. But this conversation is also going to be, I'm proud that we're doing these updates. I didn't, oh, yeah. I thought we were just doing, you know, one a year. With no, the no, no, no. Well, this is a, a an on, ongoing thing throughout the season. So, so <laughs> guys will come in, they'll, they'll get a drink and then swiftly get booted. Um, we're going to have to get some theme music and probably a graphic. <laughs> this can't, yeah. Sponsors just slide into the DMs. <laughs> let us know. Um, Rucker, this was a lot of fun. Uh, please tell the people where they can find you. Um, I'm at no ceilings I'm on social media at Tyler underscore Rucker. Um, you know, it's about to be September, probably the, the, the last month of quiet time. If you want to even say that that exists around those ceilings but um thanks for everyone for the support i'm really excited for year two um metcalf let's get after it i'm I'm excited i I got the itch tell everyone where they can support you sir Once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our No Ceilings merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. You can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there to ensure that you never miss an article. You can follow us on Twitter at noceilingsnba and on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus